Hello and welcome to this mini episode of Love Your Library, the Hampshire Libraries podcast. I'm Mary Stone and in today's show we're going to hear from the author Melanie McGrath. Melanie is a multi-skilled writer. She's written crime fiction, historical novels, as well as non-fiction books. Her novel The Bone Seeker was twice longlisted for the CWA Gold Dagger and she won the John Llewellyn Rees Mail on Sunday Award for Best British Writer Under 35 for her first book, Motel Nirvana. Her latest book is called The Guilty Party. Here's some information about the book that I found on her website. On a night out, four friends lose each other in the crowd and witness a stranger in trouble. One by one, they each decide to do nothing to help. Later, a body washes up on the banks of the Thames and the group knows they have blood on their hands. But why did they refuse to step in? What were they hiding and who is really responsible? Is it possible the victim wasn't really a stranger at all? My colleague Aisha interviewed Melanie when she was in Winchester for an author talk. Aisha has kindly joined me today to introduce today's author interview. Hello Aisha. Hi Mary. Okay, so can you um, tell me a little bit about The Guilty Party? So obviously I think you um, touched upon the sort of summary. It follows a group of four people. Um, I think they met at a university and they kind of are a friendship group who I think probably have stayed friends by and large because of that early connection. Um, and they all come together and witness this kind of shocking event. Um, and the whole premise of the story is, what would you do if you were in that situation? And you kind of, I think, you originally have an answer to that question and then the whole story happens and it's encouraging you to review, you know, would you actually definitely do the decision that you decide at the beginning? It's interesting in that it, it kind of takes quite a um, polarising subject and something that you probably feel quite strongly about and almost encourages you to really interrogate your views and explore you know whether you absolutely would stand by your initial opinion and what you really feel. Aisha you went to meet Mel when she was here in the Winchester Discovery Centre uh, giving an author talk. Um, tell me a little bit more about that experience. It was really interesting actually um, because I am a really voracious reader and I love reading um, and so to meet an author and kind of be able to talk about the process that goes into writing, I found really fascinating because um, I'd never really had that opportunity before. Um, and I myself kind of really enjoy the craft of writing. I studied English literature at uni. So to be able to speak to someone who has published books and in lots of different genres and kind of chat a bit about the workings behind the scenes was really fascinating. So it was a great opportunity to meet a real life author. So. And also, just so our listeners know why you're so perfect for this job, you've got a, a book reading goal this year, haven't you? I do indeed. Um, I try and set myself a challenge every year. Um, last year was 50 books, which I managed to do. I think I did 52 in the end. And this year's goal is 60. Um, and I think I'm on about 34, so I need to up my reading slightly. Um, but I'm, I'm sure I'll get there eventually. So our listeners know that you are a real bookworm in, really the oldest, in, yeah. the, in that old school saying. <laughs> oh, brilliant. Um, okay, so let's listen to your interview with Mel, which includes a short reading from the book, The Guilty Party. So this is your second novel publishing as Mel McGrath, and then you've done a trilogy as Melanie McGrath. 
I've done a tri- I've done a trilogy um, all with the same detective. Yes. Uh, as MJ. And I also write non-fiction as Melody. Yes. So. so lots of names, but all the same author. I never know what to sign in books. <laughs> Just various. Um, but you are here in the capacity today, we'll say you're here as Mel, because this is with your new book, The Guilty Party. Um, so we're actually going to just get a quick reading now. So thank you very much, Mel, for that. I'm going to take you back to the summer's evening near the end of my friendship with Anna, Bo, and Dex. Until that day, the eve of my 32nd birthday, we'd been indivisible. Our bond, the kind that lasts a lifetime. Afterwards, when everything began to fall apart, I came to understand that the ties between us had always carried the seeds of rottenness and destruction, and that the life we shared was anything but normal. Somewhere in the deep recesses of my mind, I think I'd probably known this for years. But it took what happened late that night in August for me to begin to be able to put the pieces together. Why had I failed to acknowledge the truth for so long? Was it loneliness? Or was I in love with the idea of friendship that I couldn't bear to let go? Perhaps I was simply a coward. One day it might become clearer to me. Perhaps it'll become clearer to you once I've taken you back there to that time and that place. And when I'm done with the story, when everything's been explained and the secrets are finally out, I will ask you what you would have done. Because that's what I really want to know. What would you have done? So can you tell us a bit about this book? Uh, Well, The Guilty Party's about four friends, 30-somethings, who met at university and became very firm friends and got romantically entangled with one another at at some point, but they've now all come out of that and they're now mates, friends. They go to a music festival in London and they witness a terrible thing um, at this music festival. And uh, they all decide almost just in one kind of shocking moment not to intervene. And so they meet again a month later on the island, Isle of Portland in Dorset to celebrate um, one of their birthdays. And for the first time, they start talking about this event and the consequences of it and the consequences of not intervening. And it all goes terribly, terribly wrong <laughs> from there. Why did you choose to sort of focus on this friendship group? I think for a friendship's really interesting especially old friendships because we often don't go and we don't kind of go and do a Marie Kondo on our and you know clear out clear out our friendships and think about why we're still friends with people we just stay friends with them because we've known them for such a long time I think we've all got friendships like that that we sustain and not quite sure why we sustain them Uh, and that really got me thinking about how you get sort of stuck in these friendships, particularly when you know a lot about one another and maybe um, you know secrets about one another. You're never quite able to extricate yourself from them and you find yourself sort of trapped by the secrets and by the bonds and by the past that you share. So I became really interested in that. And I'm also, I was also really interested in I live in a big city and I think anyone, particularly those of us who live in big cities, you've seen something happen on the street 
or you've seen something happen, a music, music festival, you've seen something happen on holiday and you've thought, ah, oh, that's not quite right, there's something odd going on there and you've decided to walk away because you're in a hurry or you need to get to work or you need to pick up the kids or whatever it is and it, it haunts you because the question of what if something really bad had come from that event. So I sort of married those two events, um, those two things that I was really interested in and hence the guilty party. A really key part of this book is that guilt and I guess the, the repercussions of not acting having seen this sort of terrible thing. Obviously you've sort of touched upon that, but how was it exploring kind of guilt as a concept? How did you bring that into the story? As I would say it's almost a kind of, it's not a character, but it's a really huge part of the book. We all feel secretly guilty about something and quite often we feel so guilty about it that we can never tell anyone about it. And it, it could be anything, it could be something actually quite small, but I think all of us have got that secret cupboard in the back of our minds stashed away that contains something that we feel very, very guilty about. So they are four very different characters. And how was that writing as four very different people? How did you kind of do that? Oh, that's such fun, because you get to be a different person every day. Uh, I found it quite hard to switch between them. So I did write Anna first, and then I wrote Cassie, and then I wrote Bo, and then I wrote Dex, and then I kind of wove them together. So I did find it easier to be in one of their heads for, you know, a month or two. And then after I'd written a broad outline of how they were thinking, what they were feeling. Um, but, but also different speech patterns. And so I often, I'll write dialogue and then I'll record it just to make sure that the, diff the characters are speaking differently. And often I find, I mean, I'm no actor, but I often find that I take on different accents or I take on different mannerisms for characters and that's when I know I've got it right. The book grapples with some really difficult topics. Is that something that as a writer you like to deal with those, I guess, slightly taboo, slightly unspoken about subjects? And how then do you approach these issues? A uh, really interesting question. I think that I go in with a completely open mind and I go in with the idea of exploring. So I'll explore the area of consent and I will look at a lot of stuff that's been written about it and watch a lot of stuff on YouTube or on the TV that's around that area. And then none of my characters have the same attitude to sex or to consent or to dating or to ev even to friendship and so I'm using them in a way to kind of explore those areas without I, I like the reader to make up their own mind mm. so I'm not going to tell the I'm never going to tell a reader what to think because I'd never patronize a reader but I like to give them a lot of questions that they can answer in their heads I always think that thrillers in their nature must be quite fun to write in terms of sort of, I guess, sprinkling clues and coming up with the plot, but also tricky to find that balance between not being too obvious but not being too subtle. How do you do that? I'm a bit of a spreadsheet geek. <laughs> Everything goes down on <laughs> spreadsheets and then the spreadsheets get spreadsheets and um, by the time I finish the novel there's like, I just live in a world of spreadsheets. I can hardly get out of my study for the number of spreadsheets. Um, but, 
Yeah, I mean, particularly because in the guilty party, one part of the story is told forward and another part of the story is told backwards in time. So I had to be really careful that I wasn't, that I was, I was talking about things that the characters would know at that particular time and not talking about things that they wouldn't have found out yet. It was sort of a challenge for me to write it in that structure. And I think people have said that they love the way that I've woven it because it makes it very surprising. You don't know what is coming up next. For the whole kind of writing process, how does that work for you? I imagine kind of research is huge. So how, how do you approach the research and everything like that? Well, I'm a journalist, so research is, for me, research is where I'm most comfortable, actually. Um, I think the thing that's most, a cha- most of a challenge is you think about your characters, you think about your story, but you have to think of those two things in relation to one another. So a certain group of characters can only have a particular story. So what you can't do is think up a story, think of characters and hope that they'll kind of wedge together in the end. So it's a really, it's like weaving a very complicated tapestry, you know, for, for people who do needlework or that kind of thing, that you have to be conscious all the time of where, what colours you're weaving in where and what the ultimate pattern is going to be. But I think that's something that comes with experience a bit more. Do you have sort of a favourite genre that you write in? No, they're all wonderful. I, you know, it's so, it, it's such a privilege for me to be able to write in different genres. I mean, the, you know, the the non-fiction books that that particularly the history books involve a lot of going out and talking to people who've got amazing stories in themselves, and that's also quite nice that you get to hear other people's stories and you're not just making up your own stories. It's all just parts of the same thing, which is how to tell a story. Mm. Whether they're other people's stories, whether they're true, whether you've made them up, whether they're part inspired by a true story, all of that is in the mix. In terms of you as an author, how did you get into it as a writer? Um, well, a long time ago is the <laughs> long time ago is the answer, and partly as a result of being sacked from all the other jobs that I had. So I think that was the world, um, after the third sacking, I thought the world is trying to tell me something. Um, I'm not designed to be in an office. I'm designed to do something else. And for someone from my background, um, you know, my mother left school when she was 11 and I was the first generation to go to university and so on. It took quite a long time for me to feel that someone like me could do that. I didn't have any contacts, I didn't know people, I didn't think that people like me could be writers. So it's been a, it's been such a privilege and such a wonderful journey to be able to do that for, goodness, 20-something years now. I mean, just how lucky am I? Aisha, that was your interview with author Melanie McGrath talking about her new book, The Guilty Party. Um, can you just tell me a little bit about what your favourite parts of the book were and maybe some of your least favourite things about it? One of my favourite parts, the kind of whole premise of the story is that they go away, the four of them, and it forces them to reflect on what's happened and it's how the four approach the situation. Um, And I think that having all of the four in one place and therefore a lot of emotions and conversations that need to happen but people don't want them to happen and there's always kind of, you know, feelings and relationships and a bit of people have been together in the past or are they together now? So that, all of those characters coming together, I think was a real kind of driving force of the novel. On the contrary to that, the fact that some of the characters, they can be quite hard to relate to and quite hard 
not just to relate to, but you, you find yourself not really even wanting them to do well or not being necessarily. So you weren't really rooting for them? Not at all. And I think that at times that really worked, but sometimes I think you do need within a novel, even if it is quite bleak, a kind of bit of light. So at times you kind of had to keep pushing on for the sake of you wanted to find out what happened. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Well, it'd be interesting to find out what our listeners think. Absolutely. If you're a library member and you want to find a copy of The Guilty Party to read, you can search for it on our website um, and you can find that at www.hants.gov.uk. Um, thank you for listening to Love Your Library, the Hampshire Library's podcast. Don't forget to subscribe if you want to hear more interviews like this, plus book recommendations from our expert library staff in our longer episodes. Get in touch and let us know what you think of the books and authors we've talked about. I'd be really interested to hear what you think about The Guilty Party. Do you agree with Asia? Do you disagree? And it would be great if you'd rate and review our podcast on iTunes as this helps other people to find us. So that just leaves me to say goodbye to Asia. Goodbye. And say goodbye from me. I'm Mary Stone and you've been listening to the Love Your Libraries mini podcast.